0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Let's start the sermon with some prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time we've had here at Hopewell. I thank you for the time that we can be in your word this morning. Lord, open our hearts to hear what you need us to hear in your son, Jesus name. Amen. So thank you, Millie. Um, So this week was one of those weeks where, you know, when you feel like you're under the gun with everything, right? So we're moving everything out of this building to a new building. I'm feeling under the gun with that. Um, we're getting ready for the holidays, okay? So I got to start thinking not only for church, but the house, you know, what are the things that need to get done? We finally get rain, which is both a blessing and a curse because you have to start mowing your lawn again, right? Like, you know, it's all of these things. But on top of it, one of our cars is nearing the 100,000 mile mark, which is great. It's running pretty well. Um, But the warranty I have on it ends at... 100,000 miles. And listen, they're not kidding. It shows 100,000 miles. They're like, we're done. Glad you bought this car from us, right? So I know that at 99,800 miles, I've pushed the limit on a few repairs that need to be done. And maybe not the limit. They've shown up in the past month or so, right? But I'm going, oh, I got this warranty. So I call into the Ford dealership. I say, hey, here are the issues I'm having. I have this warranty Oh, and then like, you know, me and my foolishness go, could you guys just like once over the car and anything covered by the warranty? Can you take care of that? They're like, no. I'm like, okay. So they're like, you got to tell us the problems. So now I'm listening to every little thing going, is that a problem? It might be, but the problem is every problem you tell them is 170 diagnosis fee. So if it isn't covered under the warranty, now you're just stacking up diagnosis fees, right? So I drive in up to Mack High Ford over here, park, walk in. Um, It's my first time at that dealership, so I don't know, okay, how's this running? How, you know, do I bring it in? Do I park it? Whatever. So I walk in and I, you know, I'm sure they have people who walk in all the time and just look lost. So I'm trying to look as lost as possible so someone will tell me where to go. And this guy steps out of his office, goes, oh yeah, come over here. So his name's Tim. So Tim and I start talking. The danger he doesn't know is that he's talking to a pastor, so he became a sermon illustration real quick. But... It was really great. As we're talking, I'm telling him what's going on. And then I tell him, so there's a couple things. You know, hearing a couple things. I know enough about to go, I think this is the front suspension, which I know is covered under warranty. It ended up being something else, which wasn't covered under warranty, so that stinks. But there's been a couple electrical issues with this Ford Escape. Um, one is the backup cam is only working about a third of the time. Now, listen, a lot of us in here are going, listen, listen, Backup cams used to not exist. True, but now they do. And I listen, I will backup cam anywhere. So I want that fixed. It's under my warranty. So I'm like, let's take care of that. And then there's something going on with the hill start assist that when it gets wet, it's starting to flash. So I'm like, hey, those two things as well. And he goes, okay, now here's the problem. We can take a look at the suspension. No problem, we'll get that done this week. We don't have an opening for the electrical stuff until January. And I'm like, well, so if we start the process today, then it's covered under the warranty, right? Because if we started it before 100,000. He goes, unfortunately, no. We have to diagnose it before that point. And so I'm, you know, in this guy's office trying not to use his desk to bang my head, you know, going, okay. It's not his fault, right? That's how it's written. I signed the document. It's on me. Still frustrating. But, you know, there it is. But then he does something. He goes, Listen. I don't like sending business elsewhere, but if you want to get this fixed, and he starts listing certain dealerships for me going, I know these guys have a good service department. These guys have a good service department. Just call in. And if you can get in with them before January, then, you know, you take that and just get it done. It won't hurt me. I just want to make sure this gets fixed for you. And so here's this guy sitting in a dealership, has met me for 10 minutes and goes listen, here's how I can help you out. And I have, I'm driving to South Austin on Tuesday morning. I'm gonna wake up real early because I'm not about to play with Austin's morning traffic. So I'll get there and I'll just sit and you know, do my devotions, do some sermon writing. But I found a spot where I can get it in and they're gonna look at it. And so hopefully we can get it done before that 100,000 mile mark. But it was as simple as him saying, let me tell you what places you should go And let me tell you the places I (laughs) wouldn't, he goes, I want to go to these dealerships. (laughs) And in that moment, am I going to go to the dealership every time? No. But listen, if I got something that needs to be taken to the dealership, not only do I I know where I'm going, I saved his business card. I'm calling Tim. Going, hey, Tim, it's Ted. You know, we had a, a couple months ago, you helped me with this thing. I got a recall. Can I just bring it in to you? Right? And it was as simple as him saying, let me help you out. And he won my business when I have to go to a dealership. But that was a great moment for me to happen in the midst of this parable today. Because this parable is kind of weird. Most of Jesus's parables are very like focused on the kingdom or they're very focused on, you know, how does growth happen? Or or let me tell you what, you know, this is like, or that is like. And this one's all about a dude who seems to be cheating his boss, right? So this manager comes along and he's gotten into trouble and he goes, okay, I know what I'm going to do because I can't dig ditches and I'm not going to beg. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call in the people who owe my master's things. And before I get fired, I'm going to cut their bills down because I know that those people now are going to have a good view of me. And so then when I come asking for something, they're going to remember what I did for them. And this is just such a strange Parable. Now, luckily, Jesus says, you know, and his his boss, you know, says, hey, you were shrewd. You did a good job being shrewd. In the old Christmas movie, White Christmas, there's a whole scene about everybody's got an angle, right? Everybody's working an angle. And sometimes we look at that with disdain, right? Like, oh, this person doesn't want to be around me. They just are trying to work an angle. And what Jesus says here is like, hey, great job working an angle. But I think there's a depth here that helps us understand what Jesus is getting at. That as he talks about this shrewd manager, as he talks about this person who comes up against it and decides to then work his angle, he takes it and he says, listen, The people of this generation know how to do that for their benefit. And he says it like this. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by the means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. What Jesus is looking and telling his disciples is, listen, this is all going to fade away. All of this wealth that you could be spending your money on is going to fade away. But the kingdom is going to last So the goal he's pushing us towards is saying, can you use your wealth, what God has given you to bless other people? Because when you bless other people, it is going to be a benefit to you. That if you started looking at your wealth, instead of as just something you can buy and consume and get more, but instead started looking at it as a tool, to invest in other people. It's not even about being shrewd anymore. It's not even about that understanding of how people work. It's saying, can I use what I've been given to bless other people? Because one of the things that's gonna happen is people are going to look at me in a better light. Now, our problem is that sounds awesome, Until we want to buy fill in the blank. Until we want to get ourselves that next thing. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's wrong for you to say, I saved up, I'm gonna buy this thing. Not what I'm saying. But what if when we looked at our financial blessings, when we looked at what we have, we looked at them not just through a lens of what can I get, but saying, how can I invest? And not just investments of stocks and bonds and those kinds of things, but investments of saying, how can I invest in my neighbors? How can I invest in my city? How can I invest in the schools around me? How can I invest in all of these kinds of things? What if we started looking at our money, our finances, as not only a way for us to gain, but as a way for those around us to gain. And what Jesus is doing in this parable is he's showing us when you have that freedom to bless others, even if it's in such a way to try and bless yourself, it's going to happen. Think about the last time you had a struggle and someone blessed you. My guess is that that person is not someone low on your totem pole, right? They're gonna be, oh my gosh, let me tell you about this person. You may not tell other people, like, oh yeah, I was down and they just wrote me a check. Like, you may not share that, but you may be like, oh no, they're awesome. Let me tell you about who they are. Now, here's the thing we're all in different positions. We're all in places of what can we do. And that's why I like the shrewd manager. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is to go out to the clients of like where you work and be like, oh, you owe this money? Let's cut that in half. That's gonna be some repercussions. But what if we put on a lens to say, how can we bless others? When Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments, he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. What if we started looking at what we have and started saying, how can that be used to bless others? In the past two years, I have bought in to battery-operated lawn equipment. Now listen, I mowed lawns growing up. It was like I hit sixth grade and my dad was like, you need a job. I used to mow lawns, so can you. Well, joke was on him, I couldn't drive. So he had to take me. We'd load it up into the minivan, pull it back out. And then when I got old enough to drive, I got an old 88 Dodge Dakota. It was a cool truck. It died a horrible death, but it was a cool truck. It wasn't a crash. It, just, it literally just fell apart. <laughs> Sorry, I realized I said that. It was, there was nothing bad. It just stopped working. But I swore, I was like, I'm not going to get into this electric lawn equipment. What's that about? I didn't know gas. You know, the, the Tim, the tool man Taylor, right? Like, okay, five of you watched Home Improvement in the 90s. That's great. But I, listen, I was gas all the way. When Chelsea and I got married and we moved into our first place where I had to cut a lawn, I was like, you know what? I'll try this battery-operated. I bought a Black & Decker battery-operated weed eater one of the worst purchases I've made in my life, because I went cheap. I was like, I'm gonna get the, it'll be great. No. As soon as I was cleared to buy that gas-powered weed eater, that buddy was out the door. I have done enough small engine repair to get in trouble, and enough to know when I need to take it into the shop. But what happened was I had bought some newer lawn equipment, and I'd it just wasn't running how I wanted it. And I went and looked it up and like a bunch of people on these online forums were like, oh yeah, this engine, they changed this thing and it's, you know, it doesn't run well. And it was at this point where this brand new lawnmower I had bought, I was putting carburetor spray in it every time just to get it to start. And it sounded like a B-17 was landing in my backyard. I couldn't mow before noon because I'd be afraid I'd be waking up like the night shift nurses in my entire neighborhood. And finally, it just stopped. I had a weed eater that had done the same thing. Stopped. And I looked at Chelsea and I was like, hey, I want to try some of these battery, these new battery operated ones. I will never go back because these new things, it is like pumping straight, just Thomas Edison energy. And the power is incredible. And you know what? I don't have to oil it. I don't have to change any oil in it. It just put the battery and I'm gone. The mower is incredible. It has headlights on it. Do I need headlights? I don't know, but I got them. (laughs) Listen, if I'm a mow in the dark, no problem. You know what's great? You can actually listen to a podcast and not destroy your hearing while you do lawn work. Now, that's not saying there aren't certain things that I'm like, yeah, I want gas-powered this, or if you love gas-powered, I'm not against it. I'm just saying in my life, I've seen the light. But I saved up to buy these things. I had a neighbor across the street come over and go, hey, could I borrow your mower? And in the back of my head, the Lord is going, hey, remember when I told you, like, when you get things, You got to bless other people with them. I'm like, yeah, Lord, but not this mower. (laughs) This is the first mower that every time I'm done, I spray it down. Like I'm in there, like I'm ready to buff it, right? Like this, this is my mower. And I was like, yeah, you can borrow the mower. And there are days that I look back because there were some scratches that came back on that mower. Now listen, it's a lawnmower. It's supposed to get beat up, just not this lawnmower. <laughs> but now Chelsea and I will get calls when there's a need for carpool. When there was an emergency of something that happened and the kids needed to be watched, they asked us. Now it's a small thing. but if I can let go of my need for my lawnmower to be perfect, which is strange. You can ask, Chelsea. I beat things up. Some things, not all things, some things. Lawn equipment especially. But if I can let go of that need, if I can open it up, if I can say this tool that has meant a lot to me, if I can use that to bless someone else, maybe that's what the Lord is calling me to do. And it's not going to be easy. A lawnmower is a simple thing. When it's your time, when it's your household, it's going to be a step. But what Jesus is telling us here is he's saying, listen, if you can be shrewd by blessing other people with the things that you have, Watch what I can do for the kingdom. Watch what I can do. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks this morning. We ask and we pray that you would let us see the things you've given us not just as ours, but as ways to bless those around us. Lord, open our hearts to be able to give. And may we rejoice when those those gifts bless us in turn. Not because we need, but because we get to see what that does for the others we are blessing. Let us understand that we don't serve our money. Instead, it serves us for the sake of your kingdom. We don't serve the things we have, but instead they are all blessings for the kingdom. Lord, all these things we bring to you. In your son Jesus' name, amen.